Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into episode 36 Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is with good brother TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack? And happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, it is my birthday. As of the release day, as of the recording, I have just celebrated some birthday time with the family. I am feeling good. This week has been good. And as we've mentioned before, today, our recording, is the day of the Royal Rumble, my favorite of the premium live events slash pay-per-views, whatever nomenclature you want to use. I am, I don't know, I am stoked. I am happy. I am excited. I am really looking forward to staying up past my bedtime, being an old man. I really do need that sleep, but I will stay up, I will watch the Royal Rumble, and I will hopefully be entertained. Yeah, the time of release, the Royal Rumble will have happened and will be completed, so we hope you enjoyed everything that happened, all the surprise. Hope you enjoyed the winner, also known as Redacted. So. Uh, but everything so that notwithstanding yeah it's been it's been a fun week so far obviously leading into kind of the rimble itself as michael cole and vince mcmahon would say but yeah it's just been it's been good so glad you are here with me celebrating your birthday my good friend happy 22nd birthday appreciate it and hope you are looking forward to many more to come I have, as they would say, had a hard paper round if I am 22, but thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the the Rumble has been one of my favorite pay-per-views for a long, long time. And I just think that uh, this this is one of the reasons why I enjoy my birthday. It's always around this time that we get to see the Royal Rumble. Um, so hopefully we get some surprises. I already know who the winner is, Cody Rhodes. Uh, I already know who you know the fans want to win, Sami Zayn. So it's one of those things that I'm torn between who to cheer for whenever I get in there. But this is a birthday present because you know you never really want to know what you get for your birthday, right? I mean, I I'd like to know. I'm not a fan of surprises myself, personally. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of surprises, but sometimes whenever you get like a nice surprise, you're like, oh, I didn't think I needed that. I really don't. But I really kind of, you know, thank you very much. Um, so that's kind of how I am. I, you know, I, I want, you know, Sammy or Cody to, to win because I'm a fan of both of these guys. I've been professing my love for Cody Rhodes for a long period of time, and he is going to win. The Royal Rumble, I have been converted to Sammy, so it is up to Triple H to pick that winner for me and surprise me with a nice uh, a nice number one contender the end of this night. I am nothing if uh, excited, and uh, I have elected, because you know it might be my last time being an old man, to stay up and uh, waste my sleep on a Saturday night stay up and watch these boys wrestle because uh, i am of course not in america i am in northern ireland where it is beginning at like what 1 a.m stupid time and goes on to like 4 a.m so comes up to that 
Well, that's power to you for being able to stay up that late and enjoy the things that you enjoy. So, as like I said, we are recording this just before the Royal Rumble happens. So, if you feel so inclined, let us know if Joker's prediction was indeed correct. So, hopefully he gets his birthday present and many more nice ones to come. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash kfabecouncil and in audio form wherever you get your podcast from. On this week's episode, we look at The Trial of Sami Zayn and we take a look at the Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal match from AEW Dynamite. But coming up first, The Trial of Sami Zayn. Hot diggity. Coming off of the heels of a very tumultuous previous episode of SmackDown, where we see the nature of a contract signing. Of course, in wrestling, contract signings always go into disastrous territory, but we see one of my favorite pieces here as you eloquently described as a Solid Snake-esque Sneak attack from Kevin Owens onto the bloodline. Laid out Mr. Roman Reigns, the head of the table, the tribal chief. Signed the contract, got out of Dodge, and left Sami Zayn. Essentially holding the bag. Which then set up the trial of Sami Zayn. So before we get into the actual segment itself, Joker... You had a wonderful quick hit from the previous episode that we highlighted. What were your thoughts and expectations, perhaps, going into this trial? Well, yeah, first of all, you know, very succinctly, you know, recapping the, the quick hit there. If you have not watched it, please go and watch the quick hit from last week where I do describe this, this nice sneak attack on Roman Reigns by Kevin Owens because it is very well edited. It just captures everything so very well. Thank you, PT. But because of that, because of what happened in that quick hit, uh, what happened in those segments, it really kind of gave me the vibes of, ooh, Sammy's in trouble. What's going to happen? And, okay, so I I have, like, storyline after storyline firing each and every way because of the reactions of what have happened what i want to happen is not necessarily actually what i want to happen because that changes with this story which seems to happen an awful lot i don't know what i was expecting is the short answer to your question because honestly you can never tell with this story we have loved the bloodline storyline for a long time you and ipt where we have speculated what should happen where we've enjoyed what has happened um and now we're in the situation where it's like okay how does it happen and this week on raw is 30 we have this trial of sami Zayn, where sometimes these trials as they are somewhat called maybe have not gone so well they've ended up in attacks they've ended up in you know absolute fractures of uh, of factions before because this is not a new thing we have had these 
trials before. So it's one of those things you kind of look at and you go, hmm, what am I expecting? And the long answer then is, huh? I really don't know what to give you here because I no idea. I want Sami Zayn to beat up the Bloodline, or I want the Bloodline to beat up Sami Zayn. Is one of those two things to happen. When I heard the term trial, I was thinking I wanted, you know, I pictured trial courts. I pictured, you know, what we see in films and television. I wanted to see some sort of wood-like structure. Sorry, Michael Cole. I was thinking maybe a lectern or a podium, you know, perhaps. Maybe like a wooden table, things of such, but you know, I was maybe that was the only thing in my mind. Obviously, having it in the ring would make sense for the live audience as opposed to a backstage or an off site sort of taping of it, but that's sort of the only thing I think in my mind I wanted. I mean, that is completely fair. I, I think uh, the only sort of thing that I can uh, kind of grasp at there would be, in comparison wise, would be the, uh, mjf segment a few years ago where he ran for president you know where he was he had that podium in the middle of the ring and he was sort of giving off but this kind of makes sense for roman to be sat at the head of the table um short short notice that let's let's put everything in parentheses you'll see a lot of this from me this evening don't worry i you know i'm not trying to do anything weird it's just that there is a lot of parentheses around this stuff um, that it was short notice because there might have been issues with the uh, people coming in for the acknowledgement ceremony, things that have been changed last minute. Um, and so they maybe not have, might not have had enough time to change this. Uh, but still, Roman sat at the head of the table with the wise man by his side and gave... Uh, Give some direction to everyone involved. Agreed. So we'll kick into the segment here. Rome Reigns music hit. We got a huge pop. And the bloodline was showered with Sammy chants once they hit the ring. Sammy looked rather morose. Roman asks Philadelphia to acknowledge him and wants to get right down to business, passing the mic to Paul Heyman for the trial of Sammy Zayn. Paul E. starts off by acknowledging ECW chants and telling us that ECW is dead and he wishes the same of Sami Zayn. He accuses Sami of being in league with Kevin Owens. Heyman called Zayn a Judas and a betrayer who has conspired with Kevin Owens since day one. Zayn has been leading them on to feel like the fans of the Philadelphia Eagles about to be conquered by Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Heyman then presents several clips as evidence against Zayn for the prosecution. August 12th, when Zayn bailed after the Usos got attacked by Drew McIntyre. August 29, when Zayn didn't help Jay Uso during his match against Owens, which Owens won. November 26, when Zayn celebrated alone atop the cage of War Games instead of celebrating with the Bloodline. And December 23, when Zayn accidentally hit Reigns in the shoulder 
Eamon wondered if Zane was planning an assassination of Reigns so he could become head of the table. Eamon said the court should find Zane guilty as charged. Coming off hot. Starting off hot. Oh, as soon as I saw, I remember a lot of this stuff that uh, all Holly dangerously sort of uh, threw out there. But going back to the right start, right to the start. Anyway, sorry, we got to start from the beginning. I can't get too excited and jump to the end. We got to start at the beginning. The, always with the Sami chance. Like, we got to have the Sami chance. I love the crowd here just giving Sami his dues. But come on, that's got to be playing into what's going on with the tribal chief. And um, you see that uh, maybe he's in a bit of a sour mood. You know, he's not really sort of dealing with all of these Sami chances. He might do. And uh, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole ECW is dead and I wish the same for Sami Zayn. Like, ooh, dear. Like, come on, Mr. Heyman, calm down. Nice improv on the behalf of Paul Heyman right there. 100%. Yeah, it was so good. And he is one of the best orators for all of WWE, possibly all of wrestling. And in terms of a manager, uh, I rank him very highly on his mic skills for his ability to improvise, improvise for anything uh, with regards to what the fans give him and for just his general presence on the mic i i really feel wrestler or non-wrestler he is one of the best so i have to give kudos to to paul Heyman here um for what he did on the mic and getting into his segments that he uh that he kind of shown on the video on the big screen we did a couple of quick hits about some of these segments as well and i didn't notice these things I think the one with the, the, the two prevalent, because uh, we did talk about after the war games, uh, we did talk about that one where, you know, uh, maybe uh, Roman and Jay were both giving the side eye to uh, to Sammy. I, the afterwards was Sammy after the cameras had stopped, so I didn't see that sort of thing. And then I 100% remember talking about how, you know, Sammy walked to the front of the ring giving his impassioned speech. I didn't notice the shoulder barge. So that is 100% negligent on me. But that is so good and fantastic storytelling, if intentional, from months ago that this has happened. Like, I am aghast at how, like, I have. Both of us, I mean, let me just get this straight. Both of us have been enjoying this storyline to no end. If you need any evidence, you need only go and check the quick hits that we've been throwing out the last few months. They've all been bloodline related. And it just kind of goes to show this is amazing long-term storytelling. And there's nobody else doing it quite as well as the bloodline. Agreed. Do you think that this was only speculated to have been an extremely short-term storyline with Sammy interacting with the bloodline? Three weeks was apparently the, uh, was apparently the length. Right, so like we said, this was potentially have to have only been very short-term, but look, at we, we blossomed into 
well over half a year of a long-term running storyline that has interacted and weaved and narrowed through so much of what WWE is gone on now, both in terms of SmackDown and Raw, across numerous pay-per-views, across numerous segments, and, and interacting with so many other uh, superstars and wrestlers. So it's been, it's been quite the ride so far. But I'm in agreement that the nature of the prosecution under the attorney, Mr. Heyman, brought these things to notion, and to be fair, of the selected clips that we've seen, there definitely leads to suspicion within a reasonable doubt that there is some trust untrustworthiness on the behalf of Sami Zayn. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else you can kind of say. Like, these are pretty pieces of pretty damning evidence against him. He runs away. He celebrates by himself. You know, he he attacks again with the parentheses, uh, attacks the leader of the bloodline. Um, definitely some sort of uh, reasonable doubt has been uh, has been shared by uh, by Mr. Heyman. Agreed. And for those that are not familiar, the jury naturally in a criminal case in this aspect, would just need to have reasonable doubt to find the defendant, in this case Sami Zayn, guilty. So, Heyman presenting his case, like you said, the clips in question look a little damning to the character of Sami Zayn. But, we look at the next portion here as we finish up with Heyman's defense. Zayn! said he had a whole defense lined up, but he admitted it hurt hearing Heyman say all those things after everything that they've been through. Zane was offended that he would be put on trial to defend himself. He emphasized how much it hurt and said, quote, my defense is I have no defense. He tossed the mic and sat down. Roman grabs the mic and asks if he really doesn't have a defense. He's got so much ego, he won't even explain himself, he won't even fight for this. He blows his lid and calls for Solo, which Roman doesn't break character or his calm demeanor very often, but that was a very intense and, to some folks, scary reaction. Solo proceeds to stand behind Zane and was about to give him the Samoan spike of which Zayn was not defending himself. But Jey Uso comes out of nowhere and stops Solo. Jay presents his own clips as evidence going back to August of Zayn helping the bloodline and sacrificing himself many times over to defend the members of the bloodline. Zayn appeared emotional seeing the footage and the crowd cheered. Jay points out Sammy's taken so many bullets for the bloodline, he might as well be a bulletproof. He admits that he didn't trust Sammy. He despised Sammy. However, Zane saw the good in him and never gave up. And that's what family do. Jay asked everyone to put the ones in the sky. They wanted Sammy to stay in the bloodline. Fans all put their fingers up. And Jimmy Uso stands next to his brother and does so as well. 
Solo stands just behind Roman Stoic. Philadelphia obliges by shifting gears to a Sammy Uso chant. Reigns rises and says, as the tribal chief and the head of the table, he finds Sami Zayn not guilty. For now, Reigns wanted Zayn to thank Jay for buying him time, a stay of execution of sorts. Reigns suggested that Zayn make them proud tonight and didn't want to see him again until the Royal Rumble, where Zayn would face his final test to determine whether he was with the bloodline or not. Jay drapes his Samoan Ulafala, his necklace or lei, around Sammy's neck. Sammy hugged Jimmy and Jay as the others left the ring. Oh my goodness. Those of you watching the video will have seen me reacting during PT's explanation of all that with with nodding my head, throwing my ones up, just, yes. Honestly, this, oh, I cannot, this, let me just get my, just get together here real quick. If this was not going to be a topic of us talking about, I don't know how I would have fit this into a quick hit. We talked about this yesterday, thank goodness PT suggested this is going to be a topic, because I don't know how I was going to fit my excitement into one quick hit. Those of you who have seen our quick hits know that I can talk at length of how I much how I love this thing. I love this story, and there are there's again so many stories popping from my head and so many you know threads kind of weaving together. I love this, and again with the you know starting from the beginning of this segment. We're talking about how Roman just kind of looked at it, you know, are you, are you so arrogant? You think you so much ego? And the last couple of weeks, Roman has questioned, like, are you think, do you think you can be the tribal chief? You think you can call your shots? You think you can take over from me? How dare you think of that? You know, maybe Paul Heyman kind of bringing back the tribal chief, keep him on side. We need him, you know, it'd be better to have him on side than not and then you have jay uso of all people blocking that samoan spike from uh from solo sokoa which honestly if i had have seen some hesitation from solo it would have been a brilliant and beautiful callback to uh the fact that we had interviews from solo months ago saying he trusted sammy more than his own older brothers I would have loved to have maybe seen a bit more hesitation from Solo, but, you know, I think this was still brilliant. Simone Spike has been a, a fantastic finisher for him. We've seen the buildup of that move to know that, you know, him not defending Sammy, this is Sammy not defending against this move means that he is going to get knocked out. Fantastic. Jay coming in and blocking that with his arm and then showing all these moves, which again... Long-time viewers of the channel will know we have talked about these segments in particular, which I love to see, like, you know, him taking these bullets. We've talked about these before, how Sammy has been that guy to sort of, you know, protect the bloodline and not really try and look for those, uh, those, those sort of kudos just because he's, he's done the job. Like, he, he does the job because he loves these guys, because 
in his own words, he has been treated like family. And he loves these people. And it's fantastic to see. And then at the very end, with Roman saying, you're not guilty for now. And being gifted the uh, the necklace of flowers from Jay. Uh, I, you know, these are two characters who months ago we were talking about how this is going to be at loggerheads sort of fighting against each other how this is going to happen and then war games happened and they sort of embraced and they 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 they, they mended fences they built bridges whatever you want to say and now we have this fantastic relationship which i i will talk about it a little bit that i think is possibly some of the most amazing long-term story storyline that wwe could possibly do and i kind of hope i'm right but i'd be happy to be wrong you hit the nail on the head of a number of different things sort of playing onto the the sort of second half of this the nature of solo being the sort of sergeant at arms and the enforcer and Reigns calling on Solo, who had that, like you mentioned, that relationship with Sammy in a couple of uh, sort of interviews and or sort of backstage, illuminated onto, you know, having the ability to sort of sit under Sammy and his brother's learning tree and kind of get all these different things. And for a time, we got to see Sammy and Solo kind of cover each other's back and things of such. So to sort of have him again, as the role of the enforcer to kind of do that. It was kind of like take the the dog out behind the shed kind of moment type of thing. But the connection of having Jay, Jay of all people, like you mentioned, and to back you up, all the history. And he and Jay even said it himself. Just he didn't, he despised Sammy. He didn't trust Sammy. He was so, he was so against Sammy trying to kind of weasel his way into his family, but he came to the defense of Sammy, stopped the execution of sorts by Solo, presented a defense, put together this whole video clip nature, and it just goes to show you, like you said, it came so full circle that they trusted one another and to have Jay. You know, Jimmy had a good relationship with with Sammy before, but Again, it seemed apropos that Jay was the one to come in and save and basically give him a stay of execu- a stay of execution of sorts. So I agree. Fantastic way to kind of come around and to sort of cement not necessarily a full period on this sort of punctuation of this, but I would say more like a more like a comma of the onto the next story beat for sure. Yeah, I um, I feel like it could be a really good uh, sort of was until the next story beat. Uh, I just wonder what that story beat might be. Agreed. And it was a nice touch after the segment ended. As I mentioned before, Jay crowning Sammy with his Ulafala, which is just a, a show of respect and admiration and appreciation, essentially, in ceremonies and for Samoan families and such. So very, very wonderful to see. So just wonderful, wonderful work by all these guys involved in, you know, just an incredible segment. Uh, 
it was a long segment, but I thoroughly enjoyed this segment. It kept me kept me tuned in and having my attention for sure. Oh, 100% the same. I can't say that there's been an opening segment that I've really ever enjoyed more uh, than this than this particular segment. Uh, and that includes all the ones that we've had from the Bloodline before because they have done plenty. Uh, there's definitely a lot of um, possibility, let's say, for this story has been explored in this opening ceremony for Raw is 30. Agreed. So we think about coming out of the trial, the verdict was red, not guilty, and Sammy has the evening to show his worth, and Roman doesn't want to see him until the Royal Rumble. But we see in the very next segment on Raw, just after the trial, that the Usos defended the Raw Tag Team Championships against the Judgment Day of Dominic Mysterio, the hardened criminal himself, Damian Priest. And at one point, Jimmy ends up hurting him, hurting his knee, and may not be able to continue, but the WWE official Adam Pearce, Scrap Daddy himself, comes out and makes the announcement that, you know what, he did it for the Judgment Day. There may be one Uso down, but there was another Uso to step in. So we see Sammy, under the authority of Adam Pearce, take Jimmy's spot and continues the match alongside Jay. And Joker, I have to say, hot dang, what a way to step up by Sami Zayn. Honestly, this has to go back two weeks prior where Finn Balor, I think it was two weeks, maybe it might have been a week, but it was two weeks, one week, whatever it was, where the Judgment Day took this damage to Finn Balor. And it was them that set this up. Because we we saw this. The, obviously, a lot of people, a lot of wrestling fans know about the free bird rule, about how three, how three people can defend the tag titles in any sequence of sort of uh, combination. The New Day are a prime example of a modern day free bird rule. How, uh, you know, you've got your different versions of who wants to defend that type, those tag titles whenever they have them. So seeing this in action uh, again in another match, not, not so far down the line, was actually genius how they did this. Now, an awful lot of people will remember the time under Vince McMahon doing creative, uh, how he sort of gave us the exact same match every week, week in, week out. And fair play if you enjoyed that. I really enjoy the fact that we're doing a callback to a couple of weeks ago, right now, for a mainstay segment in the Bloodline. They are benefiting from someone like the Judgment Day in a completely different story. You know, how they got injured on their way to face the Usos, and now Sammy gets to reap the benefits of their work. This is fantastic storytelling. Regardless of who you are, you have to admit that this is some genius stuff right now. Like Compared to what we've seen in the past couple of years, compared to what you've seen across the board for WWE, this is great to see. And I, 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 I loved this. 
and the ending of this match was actually really good. You mentioned the irony of sorts, because Adam Pierce allowed Dominic Mysterio, like you said, to step in for Finn Balor and be partnered with Damian Priest in that long gauntlet match, so in which Judgment Day earned the opportunity to face the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Usos. So agreed, sort of apropos, good for the geese is good for the gander. But yeah, it was one of those things. Sammy just came in hot, will tope over the top, just held his own, and then essentially the finish of the match was Jay and Sammy hitting the 1D to pin the team of the Judgment Day and retain. I recall watching as the after the announcement, the referee raises their hand, Sammy holding what appeared to be at least one of the SmackDown titles. And of course he was happy, and there was a very small moment of time. Sammy, if I'm not mistaken, looks up at the title and sort of absorbs it and grabs the moment, but then sort of comes back to reality and obviously as we fade out of the segment, gave titles back to Jay. And yeah, but just we're talking little sprinkles, little breadcrumbs, all just little layers to this cake. Oh, so many layers. I wish my birthday cake had so many layers, but like, come on. This is fantastic. It's been a while. The last time Sami Zayn held a title, it was the Intercontinental title sometime around last year uh whenever he was still doing his conspiracy theorist shtick so you kind of look at it as if hmm, sammy hasn't tasted gold he's kind of he's, he's looking at this as if it's his time he he's remembering what it's like to hold uh to hold gold in this business again and i loved seeing this one day obviously the uh the dudley death drop homage uh, fun. I, every time I see this, I go, they go one day. I'm like, no, it's a three day. Calm down. It's the three day. <laughs> I love the fact they renamed it the one day, but I'm still pedantic that I will call it the three day. Um, and I, lo- I, I just need them to do it to somebody. In fact, you know what? I need them, Jimmy and Jay, this is to do it to Xavier Woods through a table. That's all I need in my life, and I will be happy. Uh, because, you know, Xavier Woods is fantastic. The Usos are fantastic. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked, but still. Sammy hitting the 1D with Jay just added more fuel to my fire as to conspiracy theory. I turned into Sammy at the end of this, and I turned into Sammy a little bit more on Friday Night Smackdown in terms of being a bit of a conspiracy theorist, because. This has been so fantastic. Agreed. So after their retention of the Raw Tag Team Championships with the help of Sammy Uso Zayn, Roman's decree that he did not want to see Sammy until the Royal Rumble, we flash forward to SmackDown. We open the segment, the show itself, with the bloodline, Jay, Jimmy, and Solo, Arriving to the arena backstage, and Jay's about to make his way in, but who approaches him but a hooded figure who turns out to be Mr. Samuel Zane himself. And essentially just saying that, you know, he can't, he's not gonna go inside because Jay's worried. 
He's not supposed to be here, but if Jay does need anything, Sammy's there for him just to let him know. So even though at the dangerous move there and potentially defying the tribal chief's wishes and orders, Sami Zayn does show up, if only to let Jay know that he's got his back. Oh, I love this. This was... Oh, that that is just me saying it was so good. Honestly, there's not enough words for me to kind of say, and and please leave that all all that gibberish in PT because legitimately that was how I felt whenever I saw this. I saw the fact that he came up to Jay with his hood up, and he's like, oh. And Jay was like, legitimately worried. Like, the tribal chief said you not to be here. Like, why are you here? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm just here, just in case. You know, I just had to talk. Do you know how to say it? You know, I'm, I'm so thankful for what you did. You know, I might not have got to say it. You know, even though they were in a match together. Like, oh, bro, we know you probably got to say that, but it was lovely to see. And it was just fantastic to see Jimmy not actually engaged here. Jimmy's the one who Sammy has had the best rapport with. Sammy. Uh, and, and in these last few months, Sammy and Jay have gotten really close. Which leads to my really big conspiracy theory. Would you like to share it now, sir? I mean, I can if you want me to tell you. Sure. If uh, if you feel so inclined, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat, proverbially, of course. Listen in to the musing stylings of the birthday boy TF Joker. This this is one of those things where I, I, I have to like double layer my tinfoil hat because this is super conspiracy theory. Um, and I love it. And I think it's funny. And I kind of want it to happen. But I don't know if this... I don't... like. A lot of the stuff that I really hope happens never happens, so please temper your expectations. Main event Jay Uso was the first guy to go against Roman Reigns. He was the first guy to go against the Tribal Chief, and we had that really good set of matches with Jay versus Roman, where Roman ended up about to absolutely beat the tar out of Jimmy unless Jay said that unless Jay acknowledged him essentially and that was the real start of the bloodline it was just Roman on his own with Paul Heyman and then it became the bloodline with Jay and Jimmy added in there and from then an era of dominance happened that's skip forward a few months and we'll remember if you're a long time viewer maybe you won't but uh there was a quick hit where i mentioned that jay kind of lost his lost his sort of sense and said i don't give a damn what the tribal chief said kind of showing his disrespect but has jay really ever had respect for the tribal chief Has he really ever cared for what Roman has done 
to his family. Now, where I'm going with this is this could be a really super long-term storytelling with Sami coming in and pretending to make trouble with Jay. Okay? And then make up with Jay in a very public fashion. And whenever that happens, Jay will eventually be the one who comes to his rescue. And Jay and Sammy will be the ones who overthrow the tyrannical rule of he who sits at the head of the table, he who threatened the brother of Jay Uso, he who has kept everyone under hail, Mr. Roman Reigns. Could this be some long-term storytelling where we have the formation of the bloodline start and end with Jay Uso? Honestly, it is so conspiracy theorist that I feel like we need to bring back that Sami Zayn conspiracy theorist character. But I really hope that uh, we see something akin to that because just for Jay Uso to be one of the people to turn on Roman Reigns would make me so happy because he really only did it to save his brother. And family is everything to Jay. And he made that very clear at the trial of Sami Zayn. Family doesn't give up on one another, and that's what family do. Very interesting. You're right, call back to the series of matches, most notably in a Hell in a Cell match, Roman versus Jay, which helped elevate and become main event Jay. And Jimmy, when, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Roman was about was choking out or potentially about to do that beatdown. And Jimmy reminds Roman, what are you doing? That's family type of thing. But you're right. That's sort of what sparked it, and to be fair, there was already sort of a combative nature with Jay towards Roman, especially in the beginning. But yeah, and we saw little sparks of it, like you acknowledged for sure, that came out essentially through that, and Jay sort of being hot-headed and came through those nature, and that I'm recalling one promo with Logan Paul saying, which one is the tribal chief? And then, Ro- and then Sammy having Roman putting Sammy in charge of the hot-headed Jay. And of course, the famous, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said. So there seems to be a nature of contention and peace. But yeah, it could be, you know what? As much as tinfoil hat-ish of it might be able to be, there could be some validity and layers of truth. The best conspiracies essentially are when some of them United Empire, baby. <laughs> Never mind, sorry. Yeah. Tinfoil crimes. <laughs> but most conspiracy theories or sort of mysteries of a sort are when there's layers of truth to a certain degree or possible truth that things that could make sense are is when they're sort of most believable and have the most potential to be followed or come true. So, I mean, very interesting notion if they decide to go in that route or that route depending on where you are but i felt like man 
excellent callback, and that's quite a theory indeed, for sure. It, it, it's definitely kind of only whenever I watched SmackDown today, because, you know, me being in Northern Ireland, it was too late for me to watch SmackDown live, but I'm okay to stay up and watch the Royal Rumble live. Uh, it was only this morning that I got to watch, and I went, what if Jay is actually sort of playing around and him and Sammy have this whole thing? And, and honestly, I've thought about it since like seven, eight o'clock this morning from whenever I woke up. I got your message like there was a thing with Sammy and, and all that. And I was just like, oh, that is that is really interesting. And and so my tinfoil hat, you know, pencil wearing uh many hat wearing booker ship kind of got to work and kind of laid out everything that I remembered. And, and yeah, I just, I know that a lot of people always sit and think, Oh, you're reading too much into it. This, that, and the other, but I really want to be right about this because it's so interesting to do it like this, that if you have the first guy who seceded just because he wanted to protect family, actually bring down the guy who he had to because everybody else was so blinded by him being the double champ this would be so good and Sami Zayn maybe being a champion might you know, not be a bad thing at the end of it either begs to be seen but there I would agree that there are layers to the now solid relationship that Jay and Sammy have. And it's evident of which, which we spoke of before the conversation at the beginning of SmackDown, Sammy essentially saying, whatever you need, I got your back. Have you, I'm supporting you. Just let me know. Later on in SmackDown, Jimmy and Jay have a little confrontation backstage with Kevin Owens before his match with Solo. Essentially get kicked out. But we see Jay call up the man himself say i need a favor and then kevin owens ends up fighting solo sokoa they have a very hard fought matchup we see at one point kevin owens goes for a swanton bomb goes for a pin one two but Sami Zayn appears and pulls solo out of the pin and this must be what Jay asked for to help support the family and to watch Solo's back. Quite the interesting notion. I can't believe that he actually turned up. You know, it's one of those things that obviously we we, we knew who was going to be on the other end of the phone uh, with what he said. But we got through most of that match, and then he turns up and pulls Solo out. Wow. We have a... It's tough. I honestly don't know. It's tough because, like I mentioned earlier, Roman's decree, I don't want to see you until Royal Rumble, which would lead folks to believe that he doesn't want Sammy to possibly do bloodline business or have association with the bloodline to a Royal Rumble. But Jay calls in a favor with them being ejected from the building. Jay asks Sammy what we can infer is to watch Solo's back. So 
which he does at the behest potentially of Jay. But we have this potential, as you called back to in your theory, this potential power struggle of sorts of the head of the table, sort of the president, if you will, of Roman Reigns and his decree. But then the pseudo captain, Capo, saying, hey, I need you to come in and do this thing. So who's right, who's wrong? It's tough, man. But the drama has increased tenfold leading into the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I, I, that is part of the reason why I'm so excited and want to stay up and watch it tonight. Because I need to watch the Men's Royal Rumble and see what happens. I have been a long time supporter of Cody Rhodes being that number one guy who wins the Rumble. And just even having that little bit of doubt creep into my head, I'm like, oh, this storyline is so good that I kind of want Sammy to uh, to win. Like, don't make me choose. I sent out a tweet earlier on in response uh, to the Cultaholic boys who kind of said, who do you want to choose, Sammy Zayn or uh, Cody Rhodes? It's like, don't make me choose. Like, it's one of those things that you're like, I don't I don't know anymore. They they're adding doubt into my otherwise resolute uh mindset of wanting Cody to win. So yeah, uh, the storyline has been great so far. As we wind down this segment, I'll say just one thing to leave to percolate in your brain. Obviously, we mentioned it before when we were speaking about the Rumble in the previous episode, last week's episode, episode 35, that the all the grandioso and the, the vignettes include Cody declaring himself for the Rumble. It wouldn't make sense for him to lose based on the presentation and the vignettes of sorts, but seems like a good shoe-in to win, possibly. Makes sense. However, this whole nature of Sami Zayn being super popular with the fans, right? I think it, it's best if Sami's not in the Rumble. For the sake of Cody, because if there's one person, even the babyface of babyface Cody Rhodes can get booed for, would be Sami Zayn. So, however things are going to play out, it's going to be interesting. Like, again, we're recording this just before the Rumble, but we will see how things have played themselves out. I mean, if I can, just really quick, just to belabor the point, there was a recent interview with Ariel Helwani with Sami Zayn talking about the, the comparisons between him and Daniel Bryan about how he didn't win the Rumble and people kind of lost their minds. Would people lose their minds if Sami Zayn entered the Rumble and didn't win? Uh, I don't know. This is all fun to think about. I'm not going to talk much more about it because we've, you know, there's a lot to talk about there, but oh my goodness, I just really don't know who I want to root for, even though I know who I want to root for. We certainly won't have a fun rumble is what we are rooting for. So 100%. that has been the trial of Sami Zayn. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts are. On the trial of Sami Zayn, Sami coming in, stepping in for Jimmy, 
and retaining the Raw Tag Team Championships with Jay and coming in and helping out Solo and adding Seeds of Doubt to his alliance or his trustworthiness in the bloodline. All right, coming up to our next topic here. We had the main event of AEW Dynamite this past week was Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion Mark Briscoe taking on Jay Lethal. This match was requested by both men to celebrate the life and legacy of the late great Jay Briscoe, Mark's brother, on what would have been his 39th birthday. So very emotional state there, wonderful just before the matchup itself, wonderful video package highlighting some of Jay and by proxy Mark's accomplishment and showing him with his family and such. And just all around emotional nature for the gentleman and for the company itself. It was nice to see that the Ring of Honor commentary team of Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman joined Excalibur at the broadcast booth for the main event. As the matchup gets started, both men adhere to the code of honor, as we see Lethal himself visibly trying to keep it together. So these, obviously with Mark being Jay's brother, and Jay Lethal himself being a hotly contested opponent for Jay Briscoe, it was, you can tell both of these men were very emotional. But all around hard-hitting... Just high-impact matchup itself, but we go to the finish of the match comes as Mark and Jay come to a series of counters. Briscoe successfully hits the Jay Driller and gets the pin in an incredibly emotional main event. Mark looks into the camera and told his family to keep their heads up and told his brother Jay he loved him. The AEW locker room comes out to the stage to applaud Mark and is hugged, and he hugged Lethal, who gave him the ring. Mark Sword soaked in the applause and walked up to the stage to hug Christopher Daniels, Roosh, and BJ Whitmer as he held up the Ring of Honor tag team titles as the program goes off the air. All around just very, very solid match by both men, of which you can see Jay Lethal showing so much emotion during the match. Mark a little bit more slightly composed and decompartmentalized shall I say but if you have an opportunity for sure definitely check out the match between Mark Briscoe and Jay Letho so I just very comes highly recommended oh 100% Um, make sure there's a box of tissues beside you because (sighs) decompartmentalizing is 100% the name of the game here even thinking about how I was, I'm getting a little bit upset. I can feel it myself. Um, watching Jay Lethal come to the ring, the mom was in tears. The mom was so upset. Like, you know, one of his, one of his best friends is one of his best rivals uh, requesting this match with the brother of uh, the departed Jay uh, Briscoe. Then, you know, you see this man in stark contrast to Mark Briscoe come down, who it was beautiful to see him come down with both Ring of Honor uh, tag team titles. Now, obviously, again, another match which I can highly recommend, having watched um, the recent Ring of Honor pay-per-view with the double dog collar match with FTR. 
please go and watch that match if you haven't seen it. That was a fantastic match and will tell you everything you need to know about the Briscoes if you had no idea who they were before you know before 2022 if you're like me honestly i had no idea who the briscoes were in in ring uh until 2022 uh i feel like having learned everything i had in 2022 i feel like i've shortchanged myself in in my wrestling knowledge about how they kind of exposed themselves to the world and and just sort of got on with things and how they did things in the ring. So that aside, seeing Mark come down the ring with both of these titles, like you said, PT, decompartmentalized, just, you know, cheering, holding up the things and, you know, sort of soaking it all in. In contrast to Jay Lethal, I looked at Jay and I was just... He's he's gonna show up and show out because Mark's gonna require that of him. Like Mark is gonna sit there and be like, I appreciate you, you know, we were gonna do this, and Jamin would want us to just beat the tar out of each other. Agreed. You need a strong dance partner to pull off a, an incredible match and the pedigree and the athleticism of Jay Lethal, I feel like, is a slightly bit more well-known compared to the Briscoes, to the larger wrestling community. Uh, you mentioned yourself that uh, before 2022, you may not have been strongly familiar with the Briscoes, but having a little bit more availability to some things and, and have watched some Ring of Honor in the aughts as well as in the early 2010s, you know, I was familiar with Jay Briscoe and his brother Mark just being a phenomenal tag team competitor. And obviously Jay uh, Briscoe himself ended up being a Ring of Honor world champion. But these guys were just, I would have to say, a tag team of this particular generation. You think about, they are third day and up until uh, Jay's tragic passing, they were the reigning 13 times over Ring of Honor champions. And if you look into his title history, which I included in our 10 bell salute, incredibly decorated champion and wrestler himself, Jay, along with his brother, Mark. And of course, on the tribute match, which would have been Jay's 39th birthday, like I said, it's just great to see someone in the business just being being honored and i'll touch on it slightly later but yeah just folks just being able to kind of share their experiences and hear a lot of great things about uh jay being shared by his peers and might mention some things we we all have faults but really it's sometimes you only get an opportunity to hear what people say about you kind of after after the fact but yeah that notwithstanding wonderful tribute wonderful match lots of emotions running through folks and agreed i'll reiterate definitely check out this match if you have a moment jay briscoe said some stupid stuff when he was young he apologized for it he worked 
to better himself and to make himself more knowledgeable about what he said and has apologized publicly and privately, at least to what I am told. Um, there is nothing that I can say to exonerate someone who has tried to apologize and better himself. Uh, I have just seen people's outpouring of love and, you know, the, the whole about, about what he has said. Uh, so it is up to you whether or not you want to uh, forgive this man for trying to learn and better himself. Fair enough. That's all I can say about that. It's definitely, it's out there. It's public knowledge. But a family has lost a father. They have lost a brother. They have lost a son um, to a very tragic accident. And we, as the, the larger wrestling community, have, have lost a competitor who has given us a lot of himself and a lot of his family. I recently rewatched the uh, Mark versus Jay match at their home compound <laughs> over the pandemic, where they fought up and down an RV as well, which honestly is some of the most unbelievable stuff that you could ever see. Um, you know, it, it's just it's so fantastic to see the outpouring of love for, for a human being in this in this situation. Uh, it's such a tragic situation for this to happen. Um, but the only thing I can personally say is thank you, TK, Tony Khan, for fighting for uh, fighting for the opportunity to give Mark this opportunity to uh, have a match in honor of his older brother. Thank you for sharing that wonderful sentiments. Agreed. And going into a little bit of the information side regarding Mark Briscoe making his AEW debut on this past week's episode of AEW Dynamite. I have some information here. The Briscoes, considered one of the greatest tag teams of this generation, were banned by Warner Brothers Discovery from appearing on TV due to controversial comments made by Jay over a decade ago. Uh, he has since apologized for the tweets numerous times over over the past years. Fightful Select reports that talent were, quote, overjoyed by Mark being allowed to appear this week. It was added that the new bosses at Warner Brothers Discovery were, quote, helpful in the Tony Khan's big effort to make Mark Briscoe's appearance happen. And there's a small follow-up from Dave Meltzer just mentioning that this was not a one-time appearance. It Warner Brothers Discovery is allowing Mark Briscoe to appear further on AEW television. So you alluded to it before. I won't make any excuses for anyone. There were some comments made in his wrestling character as Jay Briscoe were made publicly. Jay publicly and privately has apologized and has since learned, like you had mentioned, from these pieces here. So I do appreciate that Tony Khan and the bosses at Warner Brothers Discovery were able to come to some, some sort of an agreement. And just if the only thing that came out of it was to allow just Mark to honor his brother on his 39th birthday, I appreciated at least that. But what it looks like from the follow-up from Mr. Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, we might be able to see Mark kind of going forward. So 
regardless, like Joker mentioned, of your thoughts on forgiveness and second chances of sorts, we were at least allowed to have uh, Mark honor his brother. Yeah. And uh, thank you again to DK for working so hard to get that to happen as well. Agreed. Uh, we mentioned earlier at the end of Dynamite, they uh, team, I guess, of sorts, or the uh, the wrestlers came on stage and obviously giving Mark, who was in the ring, an opportunity. But yeah, they came all in support and to honor Jay uh, one sort of final time. And we alluded to just so much outpouring of kind words, you know, just emotions of folks. Wrestling, wrestling is a, it's a brotherhood, it's a sisterhood, it's a fraternity, it's a sorority of sorts where kind of it doesn't matter who you're working for at the moment, a lot of these guys and gals interact with one another in locker rooms, out in the ring, in training centers, in training, through friends, through other workers being on shows and meet and greets and things of that nature. So it was folks just sharing their thoughts and their impact of what Jay, who, like you said, tragically passed folks from all these different companies. And like I mentioned before, it was just kind of nice to see that although I never knew Jay personally, uh, you know, it was kind of, I got a chance to kind of get to sort of know him or kind of share or learn from all these little interactions that so many people had that they shared. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, it's tough for when you lose anyone, like Joker said, you know, a son, a brother, a father. But, yeah, it was just kind of, it was great that on a weekly television show, we were able to just set aside time for you know, this kind of nice tribute. So I'll echo the sentiments, kudos to TK for working so diligently to allow this to happen. Yeah. Like the, the ending of this match was, uh, really, really, really nice to see, uh, obviously Mark given the time to, uh, sort of soak in what had happened, uh, give thanks to his family and, and, that nice message to his brother um and then just go up uh as the show is closing to uh to sort of hug hug his peers hug people who knew him you saw a lot of people coming close to to try and give him a hug you know try and give him well wishes and whatnot um i i, I saw samoa joe which i thought was funny <laughs> he kind of muscled his way forward and if if it had been actual, you know, TV time, probably would have tried to attack Mark to give him a hug because it looked like he was just trying to get up there. And you know, like 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 I said, having looked back on the careers of both Briscoes because I had watched that epic series with FTR, I I do feel like, uh, you know. We we have lost an absolutely fantastic performer, and the world has lost an absolutely fantastic person. Um, 
the the sort of thing that human beings do is they grow they learn from mistakes and uh i feel like you know we all learn from what we have done um it, it is it's such a tragic loss to a family and to a fellowship like you saw the outpouring of love uh from the wrestling community at the uh at aw dynamite um i can but just offer my condolences uh to uh to everybody affected yeah agreed and for those interested uh you can provide donations to the pew family uh at givesendgo.com slash pew love as well or if you're interested as well there is a jay briscoe tribute shirt available at prowrestlingtees.com with 100% of the proceeds going to benefit the Pew family. So I'll go ahead and leave those links available on the description of the YouTube uh, video here. And so feel those folks feel so inclined, you can check out those pieces if, yeah, if you'd like. But I'll kind of leave us with one last thing. Um, as you know, someone myself who's gone through tragedy in my youth and on through my adult years it's dealing with a loss of a family member is just a friend or a loved one is just never easy no matter how old you are and uh you know coming out of the global pandemic a lot of us were isolated to varying degrees and but if you have an opportunity you know tell someone you love them before it's too late you know we have a lot of we may not see friends for long periods of time or we may be apart uh, the, we might have some distance due to some issues we have with one another, but however, you know, reach out to someone, say hello, say you love them, say you care. Uh, it just may be the thing that they need to hear before it's too late. So if you feel so inclined, maybe after you listen to this, just reach out to someone and tell them you love them. So, yeah. You agree. All right. Those were our thoughts on the Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal match. So let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know what your thoughts were the match itself and the tribute to his brother, Jay Briscoe. All right, switching gears a little bit. Uh, we have quick hits. So little bit of a palate cleanser after a little bit more of a uh, an intense segment for those that aren't familiar quick hits are little segments that we enjoyed throughout the week that we may not have gotten an opportunity to cover full-fledged in a topic in the show but we wanted to share because we enjoyed them these sort of pop the boys segments if you will so my man joker on his birthday of all days you sir have a quick hit I do. I sort of wish our quick hits were before that second segment there, but let me just gain composure once again. I do have a quick hit. The bloodline is not the only thing that we here at the KFAB Council are interested in. We're interested in all things storyline and just anything that is interesting inside or outside the ring. This week, my quick hit comes from uh, an episode of Smackadown where there was a bit of a troll that happened. Um, now, recently, 
we had an interview as recently as yesterday, actually, uh, that we had this interview uh, provided to us with Mr. Bray Wyatt. And I mean, Mr. Bray Wyatt had said a few things uh, in uh, in response to a question by Ryan Satin about uh, going back to previous characters and how he felt that his best friend, referencing uh, Mr. Brody Lee, um, how he felt it would be disrespectful to go back to other characters, uh, such as the world, you know, the the world leader uh, Bray Wyatt, that sort of the sort of swamp master kind of vibe that he had back in the day whenever everybody fell in love with Bray Wyatt. He said that he would never revisit these characters because he felt it was disrespectful to his friend. And the 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 fiend died that day uh in Wrestle at WrestleMania a couple of years ago uh, at the performance center. Now where I'm going with this is on SmackDown we heard the music of Bray Wyatt, but it wasn't our recent Bray Wyatt music, which everybody has come to love. It was the old Eater of Worlds, everybody throw your phone lights up and just sway back and forth and wait for that man with the lantern to walk to the ring. Very slow and methodical. But it was another man that walked to the ring in a Hawaiian t-shirt with a fedora and a slightly smaller than usual lantern, possibly about this size. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll see me motion, but yeah, very, very tiny. He had a striking resemblance to one L.A. Knight. Yeah. So he walked to the ring and I don't care what he said afterwards. He obviously had a fantastic promo because it was LA Knight. You know, let me talk to you. Because he's fantastic. But this opening piece, PT, had me roaring, had me laughing. Him walking solemnly towards the ring, even blowing out the little teeny weeny lantern. Honestly, it was tiny. <laughs> Whoever was. Whoever was forced to go and find a tiny lantern, good job. You did fucking amazing. But we have heard so many stories about how people interact with Bray Wyatt. I feel like LA Knight is just, he's breaking the mold. LA Knight did a fantastic job. We spoke at length before mentioning Mr. Los Angeles Knight himself that he has a quite the connection with the crowd themselves. And we saw it sort of twofold when we heard the sort of classic now Bray Wyatt theme, which I really enjoyed, so it was great to hear that. I've always enjoyed that theme and sort of the presentation that goes along with it. We came out. And once the song started and it went black, it was fantastic. It was just an incredible roar of the crowd. And then they turn the corner and they see the little, they see the light itself coming from the lantern. People get a big, big ovation. And then he walks closer to the camera 
and we see, well, something just doesn't seem right. So kudos to the stagehand that had probably went into whatever store, maybe Army, Navy store, and probably prompted with, what's the smallest lantern that you have that probably a flashlight of any varying degree would provide more of a light source than this lantern did? But be that as it may, my point here is, obviously we know that L.A. Knight has a wonderful connection with the crowd, and he can orate and just have a fun promo, but him having that sort of gotcha moment or trolling the fans and that connection that he made just man he got a rise out of the crowd literally without doing all he did was walk to the ring and he got such he elicited that incredible reaction that would normally be reserved for his promos so kudos to him just yeah that was just a very very fun segment he got a rise out of me because last night, after our, our talking segment, like we were, we were chatting about what we want to talk today, I said to you that I'm going to go and watch some of these pre-Rumble interviews. Like I, There's about six or seven interviews I want to watch. And this was one of them. I was like, I'm never going to do this again. You won't see this character again from Bray. It'd be very disrespectful. So I sat down this morning to watch SmackDown, and I heard that classic theme, as you called it. I was like, but... But he said he would never do it again. Why would he say that in an interview and then come out? And then as soon as it straight zoomed in on on who was wearing the fedora, I was like, oh, (laughs) you sneaky, sneaky so-and-so. Gotcha. Fantastic. We got him. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely loved it. He got me good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just really, really good. As we can see, we've known Bray to be quite well-versed at mind games, but kudos to the man himself, Lamar Aloysius Knight, on continuing to play some games if, of his own with Bray Wyatt. So, yeah, appreciate it. That was, uh, that was fun. Uh, referencing the, the sort of entrance or the sort of the grandiose nature of L.A. Knight's Trolling the fans, obviously, he had a, just a fun and matter-of-fact second half of this, which was the promo. But yeah, I agree. This was just an all-around just kind of fun segment. So, Joker, I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, Bob. All right. So, that was our quick hit for this week. If you have a quick hit from this week, let us know down in the comment section below or hit us up on YouTube or Instagram or Twitter, for that matter. Let us know what you enjoyed from this particular week in the world of pro wrestling. All right, so that about wraps it up for us. Joker, that was uh, quite the little bit of emotional roller coaster of sorts of a show. This one was this one was uh, this was intense, but I appreciate the conversation, brother. Yeah, I was going as a bite to say as a huge roller coaster and you know going from absolute joy to not so much then back to joy again uh it was very much a uh somewhat different uh style of emotions that we're used to on the show agreed so as we known with many of our wrestling here we can run the gamut of emotions so we've seen quite the 
roller coaster, as we mentioned before, much like your Royal Rumble favorite, the American roller coaster, Cody Rhodes. So as we bring it back home here, this was uh, quite the week filled with a lot of things kind of going on. So yeah, we these were the topics that we wanted to share and sort of highlight. So the kind of major sort of plot points that happened throughout the week. But yeah, it was uh, it was fun to kind of share the insight and I appreciate you sharing your theory of sorts of what may or may not kind of happen. But yeah, agreed. This was uh this was a fun one for sure. I appreciate that. And at this point, two hours prior to the Royal Rumble at time of recording. I still do not know who will win. My heart or my head will not choose between Sami Uso or the American Nightmare. Cody Roller Coaster himself. I don't know which one to pick. Um, I, uh, I'm just super stoked to watch. I can't win. I don't, I don't know if this just makes me a WWE mark, but, you know, I don't feel bad for that. It's, it's the Royal Rumble. Well, again, it's an exciting time of the year for sure. All right, so before we send us out, Joker, happy birthday to you, brother, once again. Love you, appreciate you. Thanks for coming on this appreciate journey that. with me for the for this interesting eight months that we've been doing this, man. So happy birthday. I appreciate and, uh, that, bud. Thank you. Thanks for coming on this ride. Thank you very much. With that, for TF Joker, Reach for the sky, boy. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time, letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.